welcome to another edition of San Luis Valley Voices, an SL Voices production. Without further ado, enjoy the program. The Crestone Energy Fair is so much more than just sustainable energy practices. It's evolved over the years to encompass health and wellness, alternative building practices, self-sufficiency, workshops, demonstrations, speaker panels, great music, and even guided home tours. This free to the public event is the longest running sustainable energy fair in the country and takes place Saturday and Sunday, September 16th and 17th. In this podcast, you'll hear from event organizers Nick Navarez, Lydia Sprouts, Chris Manfield, and Goldie Mariola as they discuss how the energy fair has evolved, what's planned for this year, and so much more. Enjoy! I'm Adam, and we're back in the historic and spiritual mecca of the Southwest, Crestone, Colorado. And we're visiting with the folks behind the scenes of the longest-running sustainable energy fair in the country. It's the Crestone Energy Fair, highlighting innovative, sustainable practices. To find out more about what's planned for this year's free-to-the-public event, we're talking with Lydia Sprouts. She is in charge of talent and booking. Nick Navarez, event producer. New this year, Chris Manfield. He is uh, hanging up the art installation. And Goldie Mariola. They call you the Home Tours Maven, an ongoing education series. Welcome to SL Voices, everybody. It's great to have you here. Lydia, Nick, we got your stories and past podcasts. Chris, where are you originally from? And how did you end up here in Crestone? I'm originally from Indonesia. I ended up in Crestone because I think most of the reason is because I went to Standing Rock where they have people protesting the construction of the Dakota Access Pipeline. And while we were there, we shared a vision about obviously we're ne- negotiating the idea of what sustainable living should look like and could look like. I just met a lot of people who are aligned within that mindset that ended up in Crestone. And so I've heard about the place several times until eventually I ended up in this place myself, just following a friend and, you know, being called to help out with some things. I bet there's a lot more to that story as well. So how did you end up working with the Crestone Energy Fair? I've attended the Energy Fair before I start working with the Energy Fair. And when I finally got a place here in Crestone, I was able to live here. I met Nick, who sold me the house. One of the reasons why I ended up in this place is because of a friend, and this is also a shout out. His name is Leaf, Leaf Larray, which has been friends for Lydia also for a long time. And when he usually earned Crestone, he gets invited to all the event organizing and planning stuff. So he invited me to one of the meetings and I showed up and everyone just was so welcoming when I got there. Immediately just asked me like, how can you contribute to this? That just took me and I wanted to be involved. Very good. And I know Nick will verify this. It takes a whole team to make these events happen. The more the merrier, right? Oh yeah. We keep incorporating more people so that we can all do less individually. Right. More together. All right, Goldie. Good to see you here. Where are you originally from? How did you end up in the San Luis Valley? So I grew up outside of Denver in the mountains in Cold Creek Canyon. Basically, I ended up here because I wanted to build an earthship and Suwatch County being one of the last resorts for <laughs> no building codes. So I was definitely very interested. And as soon as I came to Crestone, it was, you know, the same as a lot of people's stories. I just knew instantly that this is where I wanted to live. Yeah, a few years down the line, I met my partner, Matt, and had already decided to live here. We met in Northern California. We were living in Humboldt. And we came out and I brought him here and he luckily liked it as much as I did. 
So we had just started pounding tires here, right here. It's crazy to think it was like right here. And Donovan shows up on his motorcycle and totally just like recruited us. He was like, hey, you guys want to like organize the whole energy fair? And I was like, what? Who? (laughs) So that was 2017. So that was the first time our house was on the home tour, even though there was nothing to see here except tires and dirt. Then the next year, I started to help with organizing the home tours. And I've been doing that ever since. Annette, we're here in your Earthship home doing this interview today. Yeah. What is an Earthship for those who may have no idea? So an Earthship is a home that was designed by the architect Mike Reynolds, who lives down in Taos and has the whole Earthship village community down there. Technically, to be an Earthship, there's six principles. It has to be south-facing in order to work with the passive solar, have a thermal battery with a lot of thermal mass, and be well insulated. They treat their own wastewater, collect rainwater, and filter it. There's gray water systems involved, and they're built with recycled materials. Wow, there's a lot to that. There's a lot to it. And if you want to learn more about that, come on out to the Crestone Energy Fair this year. It's Saturday and Sunday, September 16th and 17th, and there'll be information on nurseships and a whole lot more, right? Goldie will be hosting a tire pounding workshop if you want to see what it's like to build sort of the key component of an earthship and pound a tire with Goldie. You can do that at 2.30 on Saturday. Well, this is the fifth year in a row that we've had the distinct pleasure of working with the Crestone Energy Fair, something we're very thankful for. It's always fun when we get together and talk and learn new things, finding out what's been going on, what's coming up for this year's event, of course, along with your future plans. So, Nick, let's start with you. What's been going on since we talked last year? One of the things that's new this year is while we have always had building demonstrations in the past, usually we demonstrate like what Goldie's going to be doing, one technique or one part of using that item. However, it's been hard for us to utilize those materials for the long term. You know, we usually show you how to pound a tire, show you what a pain in the acid is, and then move on. (laughs) This year, we have two individuals. We have Sean King and Brett Buchanan, who have taken it upon themselves to create a building out of alternative materials and as a showcase that will remain forever. So a landowner here, Benjamin Beyer, who owns the Elephant Cloud and Cloud Station, has donated his land as a place we can put this shed, essentially a storage shed, that will be first constructed with frame you know, materials, a roof will be put on it, and then sections of it will be made out of cob and out of straw bale, out of hempcrete, and out of papercrete. And at the end of it, you'll be able to see all of the materials in the wall and they will be a demonstration of how these materials stand up and are used in the building process. Wow, you're incorporating multiple different techniques into this. Yeah, it'll be all weekend. They'll be building this shed. It'll be really cool. And there's actually volunteer days. You can get your hands dirty with that project in the weeks leading up to the event also. that uh, The build of that event, we can't do it all in two days. And so you can actually check in with us on our Facebook page. There's a list of the volunteer days if you want to come and check out that build as it's happening. Yes, because they're going to be excavating. I think they've already done that, actually. Pouring a foundation and then uh, putting up a roof and uh, doing the framing. So they're going to need a lot of help for that. And, you know, this will be volunteer plug number one. We need a lot of help throughout the event as well. (laughs) So uh, on our website, creststoneenergyfair.org, you can find the Join Us tab. And there is a whole section on volunteer dates and times, as well as what you'll be doing for those different time slots. And we feed you those days that you help us. So we're always looking for more people. And you don't have to be from Crestone to volunteer either. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. People coming from Monta Vista came last year and they're going to help. So wherever you are in the valley or even beyond, 
volunteering is a great way to get in touch with all of the people that are working on this event, which is a really amazing crew. And your volunteer shifts are just a couple of hours. And so there's still plenty of time to check out all of the information or music or just kind of get some hangs in and still volunteer and help. Yeah, I think the volunteer time slots are only like two hours long. Also, just to broaden perspectives a little bit, I understand that for most people, just thinking about living off grid and adopting a alternative and sustainable lifestyle can be really nerve wracking and can be a big commitment. But also at the same time, I know Goldie mentioned all these aspects that needs to be fulfilled in order for a house to be considered an earthship or a true earthship. Just FYI, here in Crestown, we're very diverse. There's a lot of halfway off-grid living and halfway, you know, people transitioning. My house swings both ways, you know, in terms of (laughs) being on and off-grid. So if you just want to come through and check it out, just to get that information, take that first step. Your house is kind of a hybrid earthship, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, right? On grid, but in case it needs to be off, it's a little few tweaks and it'll get there. Well, as I mentioned, there's a lot going on. This year's theme is Reimagined Self, Village, Nature. So this is the third year that we have a theme. You know, when we came out of COVID, we realized that we needed to reconnect. We needed to reestablish that connection between each other and remember why we come together as a group and as a community. So that was our first year was Reconnect, Self, Village, and Nature. Last year was Reclaim, Self, Village, Nature. Last year, we were re-establishing how we use the resources we have. And this year, you know, now that we are really evolving in the way that we understand community, in the way that we understand our earth, in the way that we understand how we interact, we are reimagining all of those things. And in fact, Lydia and Goldie are hosting a new panel this year called... The Dreamers of the Future. Goldie and I are really excited to host the Dreamers of the Future panel because we think that it really showcases what at the Energy Fair we are trying to create. And so we are trying to create space for people to dream a new future that is outside of maybe some of the conventional, normal ways of thinking about our future. So we are having a group of panelists come and speak to us and to everybody about how we can create a better future together and what that might look like. And we're having some people come that I think will really contribute to an in-depth conversation about how we can live a better future. You brought up COVID and we live in this odd post-COVID world. Are you going to be offering the Energy Fair information virtually again this year? We are. You know, we really found that not only recording on site, but offering it as a live stream was very advantageous to people who wanted to connect with us and just couldn't geographically, but wanted access to that information and also to the community that we're creating. You know, when you see the individual speeches and workshops on YouTube, you don't really see the in-between parts. And that's where you get to see a lot of the community aspect of why this place in particular is so magical. A lot of people have continued to want that. And so we are going to provide that again this year. Do you have some rough numbers, people who are watching as this thing is live? Oh, yeah. Last year, I think we had around a thousand people watching live. Really? Uh Uh-huh. That's great. Yeah. Over the course of the day. Last year, we ended up having around 2,000 people come throughout the weekend. And I'd imagine we are going to have quite a few more this year. Where's the event being held this year? Once again, it will be held in the town of Crestone. So as you are driving down County Road T, you just go straight into the town of Crestone and you can't miss it. Yeah, we're going to have different areas that kind of take up the town. And so our building demonstrations are going to be at the park on your left when you first get there. 
You'll see that from the road and then you get a little deeper into that park and that's where our wellness village is going to be. And then on your first turn left, you probably can't park there because that road will be closed, but that'll be where our food vendors are. That'll be where the music is during the day. And that'll be a nice hang. And then if you go around to the big park called the Crestone Town Hall Park, that's where our main stage is, where there'll be presenters during the day and where we're going to have the bigger music and the bigger bands play at night. Amenities, things like water, restrooms, Wi-Fi, lodging. Wi-Fi, yes. Water, yes. Lodging. Probably should get it sooner than later. We have about 100 plus Airbnbs and I'd say a good half of them are already taken. Camping is everywhere. There's national forests everywhere around us. BLM. And BLM. Yep, there's plenty of that. Wi-Fi, there is Wi-Fi in the park, but it's not great. And cell phone service is typically kind of hit and miss up here. Pretty much, yeah. There's a few (laughs) services that are better than others, but you can get a hold of somebody if you have to. What about children and pets? Children are allowed. Please don't bring your dog. We actually have an amazing kids area called Rainbow Lightning, provided by Taylor Martin, who has uh, provided this service to both us and music festivals all over the place. And Rainbow Lightning is a 501c3, and they bring a whole educational aspect for the kids. And so she customizes her workshops. So kids are building things with natural materials. They're making, you know, little art projects out of things that they find around. And she really creates a super awesome safe space for kids and families during the event. I think it's important to mention this again too. All of this that you're doing is free to the public. Incredible, isn't it? It's amazing. Extremely free. That will be fundraising plug number one. However, yeah, I was going to say, however, if you find yourself so inspired, there will be an opportunity at the event for you to Venmo a lovely, generous donation that we would be so grateful for. And, you know, we are sponsored and we do get grants from the county and things like that, but we go above and beyond to make sure that this event is really incredible to people. And so if you do find yourself benefiting from it, we are gratefully accepting donations. And you can go on our website as well and see how you can donate there. You know, this is produced by volunteers. It's free. We have a small stipend that doesn't even account for any amount of the hours that the volunteers give. And ultimately, my goal, I won't leave this event until I know that everyone feels financially secure in continuing to produce this event. I haven't taken money for it in a number of years, but I'm a realtor, so it's fine. Nick's what? business is Mountainside Realty. That is correct, yes. And, I'm a and you can find him. He is one of our sponsors, and you can find him online as well. And if you need a house in Crestone, he is your man. Thank you. Are there some particular sponsors that you want to show some special love to and mention? Absolutely. You know, this year we really have to send a huge thank you to Sawatch County. The commissioners have identified us as one of the groups who really is bringing it in this valley. And uh, they have been so supportive of this event. And we really can't thank them enough for seeing and believing in us. Joyful Journey, Darlene Yarbrough Real Estate, The Elephant Cloud, Cresto Mercantile. Me, personally. (laughs) If you miss any, they'll be listed on this podcast webpage, along with all your other contact information. So if you're out and about driving or elsewhere and can't copy any of this down, you can go to Yellowstone Voices website for this podcast. You'll have all of the other contact information, how to donate, how to volunteer, the FAQ page, and all that other information will be there, too. I was making a joke about me being a sponsor, but it's also not a joke because so many of our community members really are giving so much of their time and energy to make sure that this event is just as incredible as it can be. You know, our MC Kim Engard is also an acupuncturist for Wildwoods Botanicals here in the town of Crestone, who is a really talented doctor. 
Our wellness panel is hosted by Laura Enzer of Mountain Laurel Apothecary. I run one of our other nonprofits called Crestone Performances, and we buy instruments for kids here in Crestone and buy lessons for them. And we put on the Crestone Music Festival. Literally everyone that is putting something into this organization also is doing something else that's really amazing with their life that you should know about. Brett Buchanan is a builder here, an extraordinary house builder here. He's donated his time both to help with the building demonstration build and to continue working on our stage, which by the way, I'm so excited about. Last year and many years before, we have had to build a stage from scratch every time and then tear it down every time. And it's a waste of resources and it's a waste of time. You know, we'd always spend at least two days doing it. The beginning of this year, I got together with a friend of mine and we started a fundraiser and are in the process of building a permanent stage in the town of Crestone. We've gotten the first round put together. Brett is helping us with the second round. So we're building stairs. Uh, We're creating a roof for the interior and it's only going to get better. But I'm really excited because it is a foundation for something that will continue into the future and that will allow more groups to have really beautiful events in the town of Crestone. And you're doing the home tours again this year too. Yes, the home tours are happening. This is a long-standing tradition. On Saturday from 8 to noon, we will be touring homes that are under construction. So this year we have a silo home and a straw bale and Christoph and Noemi's Roman oh, villa. That place is amazing. Oh my God. How many square feet is it? It's like 4,000, 5,000 square feet. It's Huge, amazing. Yeah, 5,000 at least. Yeah. And then Sunday we tour homes that are completed. We're doing papercrete and a scoria bag and a train car home. One of my favorite things about the fair, because, you know, you can like watch videos on how to do something or, you know, read about earthships, but it's really not until you're like in one that you can really feel what it feels like to be in like an earth home and to experience the passive solar aspect of things and really just interact with the building techniques and modalities that people are doing down here. And Crestone is, I say this all the time, it's just a mecca for alternative building and there's so much genius and creativity here. Every year we seem to pick up on new words too, don't we, Nick? Scaria bag? (laughs) That's a new one. What is that? So Scaria is um, lava rock, which is an amazing thing to build with because it's local. You know, this valley has a bunch of lava deposits and the Scaria itself is really light and has a lot of air pockets. So it acts as an insulator and it's really easy to build with because as you go up, you're not lifting, you know, like 40 pound bags of dirt. It's a lot lighter than that. Not like pounding dirt. Yes, probably easier than tires. Your event flyer is super busy. I was looking at it before we came out here. All kinds of things planned for the two days. You know, I thought I would just kind of open this up and maybe each of you touch on something that's special to you that's happening over the two days. If you haven't taken the time to be inside of a home that was more naturally built than a lot of our conventional ways of building, it is an experience that you should gift yourself. It's one of the only ways that we do some fundraising for the Energy Fair, and it is really affordable to go and check out all these homes that are just gorgeous. And the quality, like the air quality is different in a home like that. And the real feel of it is really something unique and special that I think is worth putting some time and energy into going to make sure you see Goldie's airship or whoever's airship is on the tour this year. Yeah, it really doesn't compare to being in a conventionally built home. I just want to point out, 
on the spiritual level, how the cookie cutter house and, you know, we see a lot of gentrification and development that are just really, really sad, especially in the United States that are pushing people out just because people are flipping land with the intention of profit, just putting modular cookie cutter house. And you can see the design in that is just drains your soul and just makes you really tired of existing in this system where you have to live in the same house eat the same food, do the same job. And being in places like this just really puts you in a position in a very realistic way and real way of how you can actually live a different life than that. And I think that is probably one of the things that drew me in to Crestone. Which is a good segue into Chris and the artists. Oh yeah, abso- yeah. absolutely. It's a good segue because this year, me and Allison, Allison Wonderland, who is co-directing the art installation for the Energy Fair, under the larger umbrella of the Energy Fair being reimagining, we are doing the topics of homes and commons reimagining the homes and commons and we want to think about what is that boundaries between first of all what's the private and what is shared and how you live and how you share space with others and also in relationship to that thinking about rethinking our relationship with the valley and its history we want to acknowledge that the indigenous people that have lived here for a long time have designated this place as a place of not to settle in, but a shared a space of truce. They used to call the valley the bloodless valley, and it's because the tribes have a truce as to not shed any human blood on it, and that it should be reserved for a place for spiritual pilgrimage and hunting and foraging. So as we now occupy this place as settlers, we also have to really think about that and think about what it means to settle in this valley and call it our homes. So we're covering that and we're thinking back into the very basics, what makes a home, whether it be our community or the space we share and what we include in that space. And not just as human beings, but also as everything else that's alive that you want to associate with your idea of feeling like you belong and having that place where you can feel like it's your checkpoint or a space where you can feel safe and nurtured and fostered and taken care of and that you're allowed to grow and be able to care for each other. And aren't you guys hosting a fire ceremony? This year is going to be really different. Just to give you an idea, last year, our topic revolves around trash. The act of acknowledging the land that we're on. We did a land exchange between here and the Crestone Park. And the landfill, a swash landfill actually, and we start thinking to ourselves, hey, why is it that one part of land gets treated so differently than another part of land? One can be reserved for where people are going to stay. You know, we decorate our yards and treat this part of the valley with so much love and so much care. And in some corner of the same valley that historically was also designated as the sacred place, it became a place where we just dump our trash in. So we also want to acknowledge that place. We did a land exchange last year where we took a chunk of the land from the park and we literally switch it with the land from the landfill. A lot of people have called Crestone the spiritual destination for the United States, you know, partly because of the stupas, the remnants of the um, karmapas, etc., etc., the religious institution around here. So what we did was essentially we gathered the community's trash and we made a prayer meditation labyrinth out of it. So people can, you know, be in a space of prayer and meditation while navigating through their trash. And in the middle of that labyrinth, we have placed the land from the landfill, the Sawash landfill, as to open a portal. 
This year it's gonna be significantly different and we're bringing back the idea of like what I said, the basics. So we're trying to bring back fire. For the last couple of years, we haven't had fires. From what I've heard, we've had fires previously, but then there was a period of a long time where we don't have fires at the energy fair. So we're trying to bring that back because uh, one of my auntie who's a native, she would told me the um, fire is a very old man, you know, and it's been there since the beginning. So, and it's been there in place of common sense, been there in a communal space. So we want to bring that back and we want to bring water back also. And so in a sense, me and Allison was chatting about some of the ideas are what kind of space would we manifest if we as a community were to come together and create a communal tribal and in a sense meaning like tribal as in if we are a tribe and we create our living space what would that look like if we have a tribal living room the thing i look forward to every year is seeing this event blossom even more every year we figure out new kinks that we need to iron out and we try to fix them and as a producer, that's really your ideal setup, right? It's like you're in one place and you are used to that one place and you know what works and what doesn't. And then the next year you fix those things. And so each year it refines really nicely. And so by, you know, now everything flows really well. Everyone has a really great time. No one on the committee is freaked out or dumpster diving at one in the morning like I was last year. It's an awesome time at the end where you're not in pain because you've been up for 14, 16 hours working. You are celebrating because you had such a great time and everyone else had such a great time. So that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm really looking forward to celebrating with these amazing people that I've been working with all year round and seeing the fruits of our hard work manifest in front of us. I like that outlook. I'm usually looking forward to that evening, 10 o'clock, where it's all over, and I'm laying in my bed going, thank God nothing went wrong. (laughs) (laughs) We definitely all appreciate that moment, I think. What about you, Lily? It's hard to say what I'm looking forward to in particular as sort of the person that to some extent invited or organized all of the people on our schedule. I feel like I should mention many of them. Our panels this year, which I think are some of the highlights of the educational content of the Energy Fair, we have four different panels this year. And so we have a natural builder panel. So we'll have a bunch of natural builders on there that you can ask questions of and kind of get some of your burning natural building questions answered. Another one of our panels this year is hosted by Jay Sanders of the SLV Local Foods Coalition, and she is in the Valley stewarding our local food community. And so she's going to have a panel of people on there. She also hosted one of our panels last year as the Seed Exchange, and it was really great conversation on our local food. And then Goldie and I will be hosting the Dreamers of the Future panel, which I'm excited about. We have one more panel, the Wellness panel, and you'll get to hear from five different people about different ways to create wellness in your life. The wellness area is new to the energy fair, but we think it's important because it's a part of sustainability for us. You know, a lot of these things that seem maybe sort of fringe to the original mission of the energy fair, like talking about like, you know, solar panels and building your house are really important because once you get your house built, are you still going to have friends to come over for dinner? Maybe you need to think about your health because it is a lot of work to build a house. And we are including in our sustainability a holistic picture of what our personal wellness is and our personal sustainability, the sustainability of our relationships and the sustainability of our community are parts of the way that we consider sustainability, not just are we reusing our trash, which is important, or are we not making as much trash or are we being good stewards of forest and things like that. So that is kind of the piece of the energy fair that I think is really a cool evolving part of the energy fair. And to that end, I want to make a plug to a sponsor I remembered. SLVREC this year invited us to come out and pitch to them. Four years ago, Donovan and I went out and talked to them. 
And uh, they didn't get it. They didn't get what we were doing. They were like, what are you crazy hippies doing in Crestone? We just don't understand you. I think Donovan was maybe barefoot, you know. And so this year, Wade Lockhart, who's our area representative for SLVREC and lives in Crestone, he called me and was like, hey, you know, I think the time is right for you guys to come back. We're really starting to try and work on solar initiatives. And we recognize that you guys are at the forefront of understanding that technology and would like you to come talk to us. And so we did. And we talked to them with other groups from Crestone who were also there to pitch. So we came with the Food Coalition and we came with Neighbors Helping Neighbors, who generously gives without question to anyone in need in this community with the crisis. And they gave us all $5,000. It was amazing. So huge shout out to SLVREC. It was actually kind of funny. The next day, literally the next day after that, Wade called me and he's like, hey, I need a favor. I was like, wow, that's quick. But SLVREC has the opportunity to be a part of a huge grant that will install a solar farm just outside of the Crestone Baca area that will power the entire area with solar power. So that's a first and that's huge. So our message is getting out there. You know, our message is being recognized for the first time and seen for the importance that it holds. And so I'm very grateful to SLVREC and to Wade for seeing that. And we look forward to seeing more people who are understanding the necessity of living a more sustainable and self-sufficient life. One of the things I'm personally excited to see at the Energy Fair this year is Peter May of E3 Ecologic Foundation, and he is starting a nonprofit here in Crestone. His talk is on Saturday in the evening at 5.30, and it's called Rehydrating the Baca Landscape. And the Baca here is a highly changed landscape from its original wetlands. They changed this to cow pasture and removed all the water many years ago, and that has had an effect on the land. And in particular, one of our keystone species, the beavers, have left. And without beavers, we're actually losing tons and tons of water every year. Beavers are known as a nuisance, and then they were literally killed for their hats and trapping. That's why we don't have them. They're known as a nuisance, but they actually are incredibly hydrating to the landscape because they stop the water from running away. And so all of the trees and our forests are drying out. Peter May is a firefighter, and so he knows intimately like how the forests are drying out and the fires are happening. But if there were beavers, there'd be water in the mountains. And they could take care of the dead trees themselves. And he is, you know, working on a restoration project of the Baca so that the beavers will want to come back and they will fight the fires for us, essentially. The beaver, not Peter. No. Well, he was on the fire team. He's no longer fighting fires for us. But he's done his job and he has decided that he'd like to hire the beavers and we need to make sure that they come back. So I'm excited he's coming because it's a very local and on topic concern here. And I think when we, again, when we consider our sustainability, it's not just can I live in my house for the next 50 years if something goes wrong or can I survive if the grocery truck doesn't come? You know, it's also like all of the creatures around us are also in their survival and they actually are here for a reason and do contribute to our survival as well. And our sustainability. So bring back the beavers with Peter May happening Saturday of the Energy Fair on the 16th at 5.30 p.m. And then we also have a lot of great musicians coming too. I get really excited about the music as a musician myself. But yeah, we have uh, Chances Are Good is playing at 2 p.m. on Saturday. Really amazing band Mama Lingua, which is a string band, all-female string band from Paonia is coming on Saturday as well. And our headliner for Saturday night is DJ Blue Marian. And he is also in the permaculture world and travels a lot in particular, plays a lot of music for people in the permaculture world, which I think is cool. And Saturday evening, we're actually having, once again, a fundraiser after the event. So we have a bit of a late night party going on on Saturday night, which is a ticketed event. 
The only ticketed pieces of the energy fair are our fundraiser, Saturday evening, the late night party, and the home tours. We'll have at the Mountain Laurel Apothecary Singing Bone Medicine Show and the Tonewood String Band coming. And the apothecary has an elixir bar where there are delicious non-alcoholic beverages. The most <laughs> fine non-alcoholic beverages that you can get your hands on. And we're going to have a great party in there on Saturday night to begin our celebration. And then Arthur Leland's Twang is Dead is playing on Sunday night. If you like the Grateful Dead music or jam bandy things, you might like Arthur Leland's Twang is Dead. And we have the Copper Children coming on Sunday as well and the Seraphine Live Band. And there's just a ton of amazing people coming and bringing their gifts to the energy fair. There really is me just going and listing it is probably not the way for you to find out. If you want to know more, definitely go to the website and you can find out great information there or surprise yourself and just come and find out how awesome it is. Just experience it all. Yeah. Like what Lydia said, you know, this event has really grown from what the seed of which was to educate and empower people how to build their own houses from people who had done it in the past and has really evolved into the entire human experience. It's extraordinary. And the people who comprise this community are extraordinary. It is such an honor to be in this group and to be uh, helping create something so beautiful. We really hope you can join us in one way or another because it is something to see. And we didn't skip on the educational part. We have not forgotten the seed of the energy fair. <laughs> the whole energy fair is actually powered by solar power. We have solar panels coming in. So where normally people would maybe have gas generators or are using power from the grid, we are actually an off-grid festival inside of the town of Crestone, which is, I think, really unique and cool. Yeah. Coil Electric has mobile solar systems and he is powering our wellness village. He's powering our elephant cloud stage, our vendors and our main stage. And so he's pretty awesome. Yeah, if you are interested in any of these topics, definitely come over. Gold, anything you want to add to all this? Well, I realize I also should just say that if you do want to come on the home tours, you got to sign up in advance and go. So go online, crestonenergyfair.org. Get your tickets. I'm excited for everything. I love the Freebox fashion show is always a highlight. I love participating in the art installations. I'm excited for my partner, Matt, and his friend Pete have a podcast called Owner Builders Unite, and they're doing a little Q&A panel. It's called Ask an Owner Builder. What's a free box? A gem of Crestone. We have our free box, which is just that. It's this little corner of town where people can come and drop off things that they no longer need, and anyone's welcome to come in and take whatever they need. So the Freebox Fashion Show is, as you might expect, finds from the Freebox that people will be fashion showing. It always has what you need. It always has what you need. When I first came here, I had never experienced winter like we have winter here. And I found an amazing shearling jacket in there that literally saved my life when I first got here. So it's an amazing little place you can get anything you dream of. I think it's a really important part of the spirit of Crestone of just like, you know, like cutting out the commercialism and consumerism and really just helping each other out. A lot of unique programs that are actually going on up here in Crestone. There really are. I follow this online, obviously, with what we do and see a lot of community here. People pull together and do a lot of very unique things. Chris, what would you like to add to this? It always astounds me how much is going on in our quote-unquote small community. I mean, town's like, what, population 150 or something? The Baca, maybe 1,000? Nah, it's like maybe 2,000. Okay. But still, you're right. There's a lot of people doing stuff here, yeah. And I'm going to say, out of the places I've lived in, and, you know, I'm from Indonesia. I've lived in several different states in the United States, abroad, elsewhere in different countries, in the van, you know, you name it. But out of all the places that I've been to, this place probably has the least amount of homes with televisions in it. And that says a lot of things. That says a lot of things about people being outside. 
spending time with each other and doing stuff. There's always things going on here. And I've never been so involved in a community and have never made so much connections, productive connections with other people, doing a lot of different things as I have in this community. And it's interesting to think about how much has happened in such a small community. And I'm sure it's not just me that feels this way. Nick, looking forward, you're dialing this thing in, obviously. You've got your mission and your vision statement all succinct. I haven't seen changes in it in a few years now. As you said, you're producing a well-oiled machine here. What do you see for the future, though? What's next? Ideally, I can back out. (laughs) As you can see, I'm the only one of three left. (laughs) They were way smarter than me. But no, ultimately, (laughs) um, like I said, I won't give up until I know that this is, and not, not even that it's giving up. It's just that we have created something that is beyond any individual. Donovan always used to say that it has a life of its own. Like that it has this bizarre spirit that just sort of takes this event and manifests what it wants to at the right time. My goal for this event is that the people who are contributing their time and effort be paid for that time and effort in a fair way, rather than it just being a volunteer job for it to be a fair wage job, because it is bringing technology and information and just extraordinary possibilities to people for free. The more people understand what we're doing, the more they're going to want to continue to understand what we're doing. And so the people who are making this happen should be honored for the magic they're bringing to everyone else. And so again, plug number two, I ask you, if you have a little bit to spare, please do donate because we want to honor the people who are making this happen. Just adding on to that, I think that it really does speak to the beauty of this event that like we all love it so much that we are just going to do it for free because this is stuff that we really do believe in. I would love to be paid too. It'd be amazing. (laughs) But it's like, that would mean that like maybe anyone could come in and do the job, but that's not how it is. And I even like to say like, yeah, it's a free event, but it's a gift that this community is giving to the world. And like, we're each just contributing our own little gifts here and off-grid living and sustainability and stuff. It's kind of been like this up and coming, like popular thing that you can, you know, people are like watching YouTube videos on and stuff, but people are like living and breathing that here. And so it's really just an amazing thing to come experience. Final thoughts, closing comments. For those of you living in the city, have always been tiptoeing around the idea of getting out of it, creating something new for yourself. My experience is that the city can easily pull you into a Stockholm syndrome and really think about, oh, if I leave the city, I'm going to lose my job. I won't be able to keep my apartment. And I might, when I leave this place, I might not be able to get back in. But for me personally, at least, it's probably one of my best decisions that I've made, just taking that first step and finding out what's more out there. Because I think in order for you to be able to really create significant change in your life, The first thing you need to do is be able to self-actualize. And for you to self-actualize, you have to understand the world better and you have to understand yourself better in relationship to the world. So get yourself out there, find out what more there is to the world and find out how and where you're going to thrive in it and thrive not just for yourself, but for others, because it's we're all an ecosystem here and let's be healthy and happy together. And this is like what Goldie say, this is free. It is brought forward in the spirit of giving. So take it, you know. You know, they say, Chris, that you can make animals crazy. They'll turn on each other by putting too many in too small a space. Mm -hmm. Yet we as humans do that to ourselves in cities. Mm -hmm. You got to think about that. 
I think for those of you who maybe are in some of the towns outside of Crestone, maybe you've heard about how weird and kooky we are out here. I think you should come find out for yourself. (laughs) I think we're pretty friendly kooks out here, so we'd love to have you. And definitely, if you have been Crestone curious, this is a really great intro. (laughs) That's a great way to put it. I like that. Nick, what about you? You know, I came here six and a half years ago now in an RV. Didn't know why I came here. Didn't know what I was doing. And in that time, have not only met some of the best people and friends I've ever had, but also been able to become involved in a place and in a community that understands the necessity to help other people and to consider other people first and to be present for others when uh, they can't for themselves. Uh, that's happening a lot right now in my personal life. There's a lot of transition in the community and it's not been easy. But I've been very blessed to be here, surrounded by such supportive and amazing people who have been able to help me and help others as they move on, both in life and in death. Well, you too left that crazy city lifestyle, didn't you? Oh, yeah. But you were able to bring what you learned, all those talents, and apply them here as well. Oh, yeah. When I first came here, I was like, okay, I can live here, but I have to take over all the parties. So I did. (laughs) For the betterment of all of us. Selfless. Selfless act, Nick. Anybody else have anything they want to add? Thank you so much for having us on the show. It's a real delight to work with you both. Thank you. And um, we appreciate uh, everything that you guys have done for the Energy Fair. Thank you. It's the 34th annual Crestone Energy Fair. Again, the longest running sustainable energy fair in our country. And I learned something else new here this time. An off-grid festival inside Crestone. How unique is that? Taking place Saturday and Sunday, September 16th and 17th this year. Highly encourage you to come out and experience this. It's like nothing else you've ever seen. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate your time. The Crestone Energy Fair continues to be a tradition in the San Luis Valley for more than 30 years, bringing innovative ideas in construction, lifestyle, and sustainability to the region. This event continues to be one of the longest-running sustainability fairs in the nation and includes a weekend of educational presentations, community symposiums, hands-on demonstrations, and guided home tours. For more information, visit Crestone Energy Fair That's CrestoneEnergyFair.org. You can also find them on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. That's the 34th Annual Crestone Energy Fair, September 16th and 17th, 2023. We appreciate you telling your friends to listen to the podcast on slvoices.com and check out our extensive calendar of events, the most listings in the Valley. You can help spread the word too by joining our Facebook group, SL Voices, your voice in the San Luis Valley, and liking our post on other social media outlets. Also, check out our Instagram page for occasional behind-the-scenes looks at what we do. And please, patronize our local sponsors. Remember to support the businesses here in the Valley. Most are owned and operated by your family, friends, and neighbors. We all love this area, want to see it flourish, and you can help by buying and supporting locally in your own and surrounding communities. Check back for another local podcast soon. Until then, this has been San Luis Valley Voices, an SL Voices production. Thank you.